about once a week when I am heading home from my commute, I usually call up my wife and I say, hey, what's going on this weekend? What are we going to do? What do you want to do? What should we do? She might say, ah, we could do this or that, or perhaps she says, I don't know, what should we do? So, you know, we figured out we do something, right? You perhaps have this with your friends or your family or kids, whatever it is, right? Hey, what's going on? What do you want to do? We could do this. People like to do that. What should we do? One of my favorite questions to ask people during this pandemic, because there's really nothing else to do, uh, is to say, when this is all over, when everything is done, we can get past this, what's the first thing that you want to do? Some people, it was concerts, or I want to go to a sporting event, or I want to travel more, or some people just wanted to see their family again. But unfortunately, it seems like we're kind of heading back into a place where we're probably not going to get to do some of those things for a little bit. Over the last few weeks before school started, my kids had come up to me while I'm sitting at my desk with a mountain of work to do, and they would say, Dad, I don't know what to do. Dad, there's nothing to do. I don't know what to do. And I would kind of laugh and say, well, just be thankful that you're not old like me and you have tons of stuff to do and not enough time to do it. But what's interesting about that statement, I don't know what to do, is my guess is that at different times in your life and my life, we've probably said that ourselves, but not about small problems, about which snack to eat or which toy to play with like my kids, but in much bigger issues that we've had to deal with. My guess is during the pandemic, you at some point have probably said to yourself, I don't know what to do. Do we go out and we buy all the toilet paper? I don't know what to do. As things are perhaps heading into another season where you know, masks are back on and it's a little bit more difficulty, perhaps you're saying to yourself, I don't know what to do. Maybe you've had this with much bigger problems. You turn on the news, there's problems in Afghanistan and things in Haiti and so much trouble that we see and you look at the, what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do with all these problems? Maybe you've felt this more personally in a job, a career move. I, I don't know what to do. Where do I go next? Maybe in your marriages, you've had a difficult time with all the stress of the pandemic or children or whatever it may be, and you say to yourself, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to fix this. Maybe with your kids. Right? You have young kids and they're just getting older and you're so tired or you're, you have older kids and they're getting into bigger problems and you say to yourself, I just don't know what to do. If you're like me and you found yourself saying those things, I want you to know today that there is hope. That's why we're doing this series on renewal because we believe that there is a chance for us to restart, to have a refresh, to be renewed so that we can move forward and know which way to go. So turn with me, if you will, in your Bibles to Romans chapter 12, and we're going to look at a couple passage, passages that Paul wrote in the book of Romans that helps us understand what we are supposed to do. Perhaps as a Christian, you have often said to yourself, what is God's will? What is the next thing I'm supposed to do? Okay, God, what's your will for me? And this passage is going to help us understand that, that it's through renewal that we know what God's will is. It's through renewal we can know what to do. So let's go ahead and read Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test 
and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So whenever you're reading through a passage of the Bible and you come across a word called, that is therefore, you have to stop what you're doing. You have to understand that you've just jumped into the middle of a story, right? You wouldn't sit down in the middle of a movie, you wouldn't start at season five when you're binge watching through Netflix. So when you see the word therefore, we used to say this in seminary, you have to understand what the therefore is there for. So we gotta go back, we gotta look further. So turn with your Bibles, if you will, to Romans chapter 11, verse 30, and I'm going to go ahead and put this up on the screen for us here, and we're going to read this in just a second, but first, the first thing I want to do is I want to carry you through the book of Romans so you can understand where we are right now, why we're at this point where Paul is saying, therefore, to try to build the larger context of the entire book of Romans, honestly, as a whole. So if you've read the book of Romans, and I hope you'll do that uh, now or sometime soon, you'll understand that Paul is working through the whole entire gospel, the whole entire story of salvation. He's going to talk about creation and then how there was sin and then how through Abraham there was the chosen people and then there was the law, but the law was not enough and so we needed something else and then Jesus Christ comes. Then we get to, into some big topics like justification. Now we have access to God. We are justified and then there is sanctification because of the Holy Spirit all carrying us to this point in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, where Paul is going to say, therefore. And why is he saying, therefore? Well, look with me at Romans chapter 11, verse 30. Just as you were at one time disobedient to God, have now received mercy as a result of their disobedience, so they too have now become disobedient in order that they may now receive mercy as a result of God's mercy to you. For God has bound everyone over to disobedience so that he may have mercy on them all. You see, God is a merciful God. He's not here to ruin the party. He's not here to spoil our fun. He's not here to get in the way. He wants to give us mercy. We need his mercy. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short. We're not good enough uh, to have a relationship with God. But he covers that when he has his mercy on us. So we have to understand what happens through the whole entire book of Romans so that when we come to Romans chapter 12, verse 1, and it says, therefore, we understand what Paul is saying. Therefore, in light of everything that God has done for us, he tells us what? I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's what? His mercy, right? Connecting back to Romans chapter 11. In view of God's mercy, what are we supposed to do? Because God has saved us because of this incredible story of the gospel, we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So perhaps we have to stop there for a second and say, okay, I get it. Therefore, in view of God's mercy, he's done these incredible things for us. What are we supposed to do? Well, Paul says to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. Okay, well, now that sounds kind of weird, right? My guess is if you were to go out there and invite people to church and say, hey, we're doing living sacrifices this weekend, you're probably not going to get the right type of person to come. What does it mean to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice? Because of God's mercy, why would we do such a thing? What does that even mean? Well, if you had read the whole entire book of Romans, you might recall back in Romans chapter 6, when Paul says that when we were dead in our sins, we would offer our bodies as slaves to sin. 
We couldn't stop doing the wrong things. We couldn't help ourselves but continue sinning. So what did we need? Well, Paul also says in Romans chapter 6 that because of Jesus Christ, because he died on the cross for us, we're now free, and instead we can offer ourselves to righteousness, to doing the right things, the right way, God's way. So what does it mean to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice? And Paul says here, it's our act of true worship. Well, what does it mean to worship, right? Is that just a few songs that we sing before the service and, you know, we just tell God how great he is? I mean, that is really worship, right? We stand before God and we say, you're awesome, God. You're amazing, God. You do incredible things. That is worship. But what Paul is saying here, that in light of God's mercy, worship is so much more than that. It is offering ourselves as a living sacrifice, no longer going back to when we were dead in our sins, but moving forward as a living sacrifice, saying, God, I am all in. There's a couple great songs that we sing. The old hymn, Take My Life and Let It Be. Or we say, You can have it all, Lord. That's what we do when we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, saying it's all yours, God. I am all in. I believe. I am tired of going back into my sins and I want to move forward, right? Renewal, moving forward in a new way, life with God as we like to talk about here at Christ Church. So for pa- perhaps for some of you here today, you might say, well, I don't believe that. I- I'm not sure if that's true. I'm still trying to understand if I believe in God or not. I would encourage you, I would challenge you, if that is you, This week, read through the book of Romans, 1 through chapter 11. It's weighty, it's incredible stuff, but it's going to walk you through the whole story of salvation and why Paul can come to this point and say, therefore, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. That God is worthy of all of our worship, that it's worthy of doing it his way at his time. I challenge you to do so. But maybe also you're sitting here as well and you say to yourself, well, I... I believe that. I'm a Christian. I believe that God is amazing and and I want to do it his way, but I just don't know what to do. I believe in you, God, and I want to do it your way, but my marriage is falling apart. I believe in you, God. I want to do it your way, but my kids are just running away from you. I don't know what to do in my career. I don't know how to respond to everything that's happening in the world. It's too tough. It's too difficult. I don't know what to do. Well, That's why Paul is not done. There's two verses here that we're looking at. Let's look at Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So if you want to know what God's will is for your life, If you want to be renewed and say, okay, God, your will is true and perfect and right. I want to do it your way. What are we supposed to do? Well, Paul is saying here that there's two ways to move forward. The the choice is yours. Do you want to conform to the pattern of this world or do you want to be transformed by the renewing of your mind? I think we all would acknowledge that from the moment we wake up every day till the moment we lie our head on our bed at night, that there is in some sense a battle for our mind. 
right? We see this most often in commercials, yeah? You know, there's people singing and they're dancing and they're having a great time. And it's, what is this commercial about? Oh, it's for a t-shirt. You know, I hope you're a good singer if you buy this t-shirt. Or there's people running around the park and they're playing with their dog. I don't know what this commercial is about, but it, it's for toothpaste. You get a dog if you buy this toothpaste. I'm not going to buy that toothpaste. I don't want a dog. But whatever it may be, we understand this with commercials, that advertisers are trying to get us to think how they think, so we buy their product and do what they want to do, right? The pattern of this world in some sense. But I think we see this in a much larger way. We turn on the news, and I'm sure we're not all watching the same news stations here. We turn on the news, and there's someone there saying, this is what happened, and this is how you should think, and their pundits saying, this is what you should do because of what we think. You might pick up your phone in the morning and you scroll through social media. Oh my goodness. It is full of people who have tons of ideas about how you should live your life because of what they think about the world. People I went to high school that are not medical experts telling me medical advice. People that have, don't have children that are somehow child psychologists telling me how to raise my own children, right? People have an idea of what you should do and how you should do it. Your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors, everybody has thoughts about everything and what you should do and how you should do it, right? In some sense, that is the pattern of this world. So when you lie in your bed at night, it's likely that you are shaped because of what you've heard. You're shaped because of what you've experienced that day. And so now each day, in some sense, you are changed and you're conforming, in some sense, to the pattern of this world, or will you be transformed and renewed to God's word, to God's will for you. You see, if that's the way that we're leaning, oftentimes when we go to parent or we go to have a problem or we see a thing on the news, we are going to fall into that pattern of how the world would take care of things, of how the world would do things. But perhaps you're saying, okay, Paul, I get it. I don't want to be conformed to the pattern of the world. I want to be transformed. I want renewal. I want a new way. I want to find to be better in my marriage, how to be a better parent, whatever it may be. What are we supposed to do? That's what's so fascinating about the book of Romans, right? For the last 11 chapters, Paul has been talking about some weighty theological concepts, presenting the whole entire story of the gospel. And he comes to 12.1 and he says, because of all that, this is a merciful God. Worship him. Tell him you're all in. For the next three chapters, you know what Paul does? He's going to tell you what to do, how to live how to be. In some sense, it's as if Paul is saying, now we've come to the place where you accept God, you believe, but now it's time for renewal. We have to go away from the old ways of thinking, from the old ways of doing things, and we must move forward in a new and better way. We must follow God's will, right? The good, right, and perfect way to live according to God's will. You see, so often we struggle, we don't know what to do, so we just lean on what we've understood instead of moving forward to what God has for us. Let's look at a few of these passages here in Romans chapter 12. Romans 12, 3. Do not think about yourself more highly than you ought. You see, in the world's way, you're the best. You're number one. You deserve everything. When we're renewed, when we do it God's way, he says, no, no, no. We have to think of others more highly than ourselves. We need to be humble. That's the renewed way to live. Romans 12, 10, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. You see, in the world's eyes, how we live is put yourself first. You're the best. You get it. You're number one. Instead of saying, no, 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 
in the renewed way. God's way is, no, no, you go first. Your way over mine. Romans 12, 12, be patient in affliction. You know, when the whole pandemic happened, people were rushing out to buy everything they could. They weren't sure what we needed to do. People are living in fear. They're scared. They're just afraid. What do we do? God's word says, be patient in affliction. Be patient while we suffer. Romans 12, 14, bless those who persecute you. Perhaps you as a Christian feel that people are persecuting you, that they're looking down on you because of your beliefs. You feel like your religious freedoms are being infringed on and you, how do we fight back? How do we position ourselves? You see, when we're following God's way, we bless those who persecute us, not fighting back. Romans 12, 15, mourn with those who mourn. People that are struggling all over the world, people that are protesting, they're angry, they're upset, they're sad, and we look at them and we might judge them and say, stop it, you're doing the wrong things. Instead, can we have mercy? Can we mourn with those who mourn? Romans 12, 18, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone, right? The world says on Facebook, unfollow, unlike, unfriend, get rid of this person, toss them out, instead of make every effort, live at peace with them. Romans 13.5, submit to authorities. Contentious election cycle, right? That's not my person. We need to get rid of them, impeach them. We need to do whatever we can. No, submit to those who are in authority. I'll share one last one with you. There's so many that are through these last three chapters. Paul says in Romans 13.9, the commandments, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not commit murder. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. Whatever other command there may be is summed up in this one. Love your neighbor as yourself. I love that Paul does this. He gets through four of the commandments, and in some sense, he stops. He says, look, whatever else there is that you've heard, let me just keep it simple for you. Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, some people might say, well, you know, but they were mean. No, no, no. Love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, yeah, but they, they like, they've like done these things. No, no, no. Love your neighbor as yourself. You see, that's why the sermon series on renewal is so important for us. Because it's so easy to fall into a pattern where we're just on autopilot, not realizing we're being shaped by the world into their way of doing things. We're parenting how we saw or we think or our parents did to us. We're, we're a spouse because of what we saw our parents do or others we've seen, trying to gather all these things together without understanding that renewal comes only through following God's will and God's way. And how do we do that? We have to immerse ourselves in God's word. That by reading God's word, now we have a new way to live. Now we have a new way to understand that we would love others, that we would bless those that persecute us, that we would serve others, that we would put others first, that we would have mercy. But perhaps you're saying, well, you don't know what they've done to me. You don't know how they've hurt me things that they said against me. You don't know what my struggle is. How could I love that person? Look at what they've done. Why should I serve that person? Because when we were sinners against God, God didn't say, no, 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 not that one. You, you don't know what he's done. Not her. You don't know what she said or where she's been or the things she's done. No. God said, you know what? I'm going to die for that one. 
This is a merciful God who said, I'm going to give it all. I'm going to sacrifice everything for them because I love them. No matter what they've done or what they've said or where they've been, mercy. And if he can give mercy to us, can we not give mercy to others? That's the renewed way to live in this world. That we would give the mercy that we've been given ourselves. That we would give the love that he's given to us. That's the new way to live in this world. So I'll say, what should we do this week? What do you want to do this weekend? What are we going to do? Problems on the news, problems with our kids, spouse, family, whatever it may be. What are we going to do? Are we going to get into God's word so that we're so immersed that we understand what to do? Are we going to go back to the pattern of this world? You see, in God's kingdom, it's about mercy because he gave mercy to us. And that's what we can give to others, the love that we can give to others. It starts with belief, and it goes into renewal that we might know God's will and God's way. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that you sacrificed yourself for us, that you decided to have mercy on us. God, I pray that we, as your children, as those that have accepted you, that we would worship you, that we would be immersed in your word, that we would understand just what to do in a new and renewed way. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray all these things. Amen.